I tell you what, man. Can any, can everybody hear me? Uh, can you hear me, Blake? <clears throat> you know, Blake. <clears throat> I hope. I hope I haven't rubbed off on you, cause you you being awful sour today, Bubba. I'm not being sour. You think I'm being sour, corn? No. Yeah, I don't. No, I don't think so. Welcome to the Three of Seven podcast. Straight from the seven walls of the Vatican, smoke descends from the chimney pipe, coming down Pope Chile's in the house. Welcome to the show, Pope Chile. Descending like a white dove with flames coming out of the anus. Oh. Oh. The cardinal's drifting down like a mallard duck locked up in flight. Coming at you in the house, Cardinal Lord C. Wright in the official vestige. We got the priest over here with the black wall behind him, the camo on. He's been deemed the priest of the East, coming at you hot and live today. Priest Cornbread. And we got the bishop who refuses to wear his vestments, but he has them on the floor beside him, but he ain't got the courage to take up the line of a real bishop. So Pope, deem him as bishop now. Deem him, Pope. No. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. We're glad you're here. If you're not watching on YouTube, you might want to go watch on YouTube. Because the end is near, but the Pope is here. Give us some words, Pope Chili. You're welcome. On this November 29th, year of our Lord, a fiery rage is boiling within me. One of my head bishops, Bishop Blake, refuses at ease, Cardinal. (laughs) My head bishop, Blake, refuses to wear his official vestige. And it's really pissing me off. What's up with that, Bishop? Look, man. You trying to bust the Pope? I'm going to let y'all have your fun. (laughs) Y'all just go ahead. I just know I don't endorse this. A conflagration is raging within the walls of the Vatican at your disobedience. How do you feel about that? That's why I saw that smoke rising. Out of his anus? Conflagration. (laughs) Locked up like a mallard duck, boy. How you feel about that? Blake, Look, man, speak, I'm Bishop. Not, I'm not. I'm not indulging all this. Uh, y'all just carry on between yourselves. 
Look, you'll talk to the priest if you want. To he's gonna need a little work. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna need a little work, Pope. He ain't ready. His punishment will be decided upon at the conclusion of this podcast. <sighs> All right. Welcome back to the Three of Seven Podcast. We're glad you're here. If you're feeling uncomfortable right now, that's good. You're in the right place. Because we're here to make you keep on feeling even more uncomfortable. And if you don't like it, well, you can just do whatever you need to do with that. Because sometimes you don't like things that happen to you. But you got to learn how to deal with things that you don't like when they're happening to you. It's happening to you. Get over it. Word. <clears throat> Somebody said you ha- your hat looks like a post hole digger. <laughs> <laughs> Banned. <laughs> you banning him, Pope? <clears throat> All right. Straight to Hades. <clears throat> well, we've got a lot of ground to cover on the podcast today. All right. So. First things first, I got a few stories for you guys that I'm going to bring to you here live. Uh, Nobody else in the public has heard these stories yet. And the one I want to start off with actually involves Pope Chili. All right. Now, what you guys may not know is over the course of the last three days, Pope Chili has been bound to the dungeon. Okay, he has been bound up in the dungeon. And it has caused him so much strife that he went and lost control of his tongue and actually challenged the old bull to a competition. Now, that's not a very smart thing to do, you know? Uh, You know, you, you you can chirp all you want. You can chirp online all you want. But what happens when you get caught offline? And Chili got caught offline. He made a comment in real life. Yeah, he's hey, hey, he's got the balls to do that. I know not many of y'all have that that a set of gonads like that to be able to make a comment in real life, but Chili does. He made a comment and challenged me to the Murph. Now, for those of you guys that don't know, Murph is a hero wad that involves a one-mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 air squats, followed by a one-mile run, all while wearing a 20-pound vest. Chili challenged me to the Murph, and he set his terms. His terms were that if I lose, in other words, if he beats me at the Murph challenge, that I was going to have to pack every single order for the month of December. So, I reviewed his terms. I took an hour or two to consider it. I'm not going to lie to you. He, he got me a little off balance there for a minute because he seemed awful confident that he was going to beat me, didn't he? Didn't he, Corn? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when a, when, a man, when a man comes up on you and fluffs up and he seems that confident, 
You better start looking because he might have a you he he's liable to have an ace in the hole, right? So I'm I'm thinking, I'm looking, I'm studying. This joker still looks skinny as crap, looks pale, sickly. I'm like, what's his ace in the hole? Why is this joker so confident? And then what I realized after considering it for about an hour is he don't have an ace in the hole. He's just that dang foolish to challenge the old bull. Now, the old bull has been content for the last few months to go out to pasture. The old bull's been out on the pasture, eating grass, doing his thing, not wanting to bother nobody, but not wanting to be bothered. This joker comes at me with this challenge, and the old bull broke, busted through the fence and rogered up. And I said, okay, roger that. We're going to do Murph, and I accept your terms. If you beat me, I'll pack every single order for the month of December, every T-shirt you guys order. Well, he asked what my terms was, and I got thinking about it, and I thought about a few things. Well, finally, ultimately, I, I just came to the conclusion I don't have any terms. I'm going to beat this joker just for y'all's entertainment. Now, we get ready to wrap up the work day yesterday, and I say, all right, we meeting here to do Murph in the morning at 8.30. And this joker crawfishes. He crawfished on a challenge that he made in terms that he set that I accepted, and he crawfished. So you didn't have terms on your end? No, I, I was going to, but then I, I just thought, you know what? That's foolish. You know what? The old bull, you know, look, man, it's about daggone time for me to establish my dominance over him. Again, it's been a while, ain't it, Blake? Yeah, y'all hadn't done nothing in quite a while. No, it's it's about time for me to establish dominance over him again. So I figured, you know what? I throw my I throw any terms that I was gonna have out the window. I'm just gonna beat this Joker to a, to reestablish my dominance as the old bull, and also uh, just for for your entertainment, YouTube, because we were gonna we were gonna live stream this this morning for you guys to watch, and. Uh, Oh, oh, Pope Crawfish over there just went to flipping that tail, son, backing up. Look, he looked like this. He backed up as hard as he could. And then, you know, ultimately, I can't force, I can't force the, young, the young man to do anything. So, um, I, just, I just thought it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, that was poor, man. Did you what? know he didn't have any terms? Yeah, I told Chilly. him. I, I eventually told him I didn't have no terms. So, speak for yourself. What the crap was up with that, man? You challenged me. I accept. <laughs> he ain't even got nothing to say. So, here's the deal for y'all. Y'all get, I keep rolling my chair over my vestment. Uh, here's the deal. Next week, next Wednesday, it's going down. Eh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Next Wednesday, it's going down. Nah. So everybody that's listening to this podcast, just know 
next Wednesday, you are going to see a sure enough whooping go down live on YouTube. Well, what do you mean by going down? We're, we're going head-to-head on the Murph. You think so? Oh, yeah. It's happening. All right? So, I just wanted to make y'all aware of that. The other story I want to tell y'all is it's getting cold around here now, you know? We, got, we had a cold night last night, and I was sitting around the house last night, and... Uh, I, I, I got to thinking, we've got a house that's for sale. And I got to thinking, I probably ought to go over there and drip the faucets on that house, right? So I, I went on over there. It was 8, or, eight o'clock or something. And uh, went over there and dripped the faucets. And I went around the outside of the house and dripped the outside spigots that the hose attaches to. How, do y'all do that when it gets cold? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what... That's what I thought. I, I dripped the outside spigots, and then I came back home and told Brooke. I said, I dripped all the faucets, and I also put the outside spigots on uh, on drip. And she said, oh, no, you shouldn't have done that. You can't do that. She proceeded to tell me that because I cracked that outside spigot open and, and water was dripping out of it, Cold air was going to work its way up into that spigot and freeze the pipe. But if I would have left it closed, the cold air wouldn't have got up into the spigot. You had never heard of cold air encroachment? <laughs> yeah, that's not the way it works. Okay. That, <laughs> I tried to explain to her that the water is under pressure all the way up to the valve on the spigot. So when you crack that valve, the reason water's flowing out of it is because it has pressure against it. But somehow she thought that cold air could work its way against the pressure of the water yeah. into the pipe yeah. and freeze the pipe. That's, you ain't never cut your hose on and no water come out because the air's pushing it back up in the hose and it just starts <laughs> like gargling and bubbling. And, <clears throat> what about just getting that? you a faucet cover? Well, you can do that too. Well, the I told Chad they don't use the house. Why would you not just cut the water off, and then yeah, you ain't I mean, got no water in your pipes? I don't believe I'd be running over there trying to drip my. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean we just need to cut the water off to the whole house and be well, done. Yeah, with it. I mean that's that cold weather encroachment <laughs> on open pipes is a real thing. So all you listeners, cold air encroachment. Yeah, cold. Yeah, cold air encroachment. Y'all, y'all be sure to do that. Don't do that. Don't, your drip, don't drip your outside faucets because cold air is going to work. It is actually the pressure in the air is stronger than the water pressure that's pushing the water out of the spigot. Yep. So, for y'all, it's getting cold. Don't drip those things, man. Don't drip your sphincter either. Be sure and keep it Whoa. tight. Keep a tight perch on that. Bishop Blake. I ain't wow. no, I ain't the bishop, wow. so I can talk like that. It's filthy. Um, and the last thing I want to share with y'all is because it's getting cold. I wanted to share with y'all just a little, a little idea that you you might want to consider for yourself. Uh, so my little brother bought me a new jacket this year. Thank you, Blake. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. He bought me a nice new jacket. 
uh, a real heavyweight, real warm jacket, and I've really enjoyed that. Well, he bought me that jacket, and, and uh, it basically replaced my old favorite jacket, which is a camouflage Carhartt jacket that I've had for years and years, but it's still in real good shape. So I thought, you know what? I seen that seen that jacket hanging on the uh, door there, and I thought, you know what? Why don't I just throw this jacket in the truck, and why don't I give it to somebody in town that's going to need it more than me in this cold weather? So if you've got an extra jacket sitting around the house, throw it in the truck and give it to somebody that might need it more than you in this cold weather. Just a real simple, easy thing that you can do to get rid of something that you ain't going to use anyways, right? Just something to think about. I'm just sharing with y'all about what I got going on, all right? I've been making friends with my man, Derek. Who's Derek? My, 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 uh, the, the homeless man that I told y'all a story about a couple of weeks ago. That needed food? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been able to stop and talk to him and, um, just learn a little bit more about him and just treat him like a, like a person. Well, yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but you don't, but, but the weird thing is, man, when I'm standing here talking to this guy, first of all, he's a little scary looking. Like, he don't look friendly, but he, he's, friendly but he don't look friendly he walks around with a hateful look on his face what does friendly look like <clears throat> oh you know approachable you know um and so when i'm sitting here talking to this guy i also notice how other people that are walking by while we're while me and him's having a conversation i i notice how they treat him mm. and they don't treat him like a human they treat him like a scumbag like a less than yeah like a less than yeah so i i've just made this observation that like huh that's his that's his life like right now for for whatever his circumstances are why it why ever he's in this in the position that he's in um the majority of people that he runs into don't treat him as a human so like I don't know, man. I've just made it a point. I've seen him a couple times this last week. I've made it a point to like go up to him when I and just like I made it a point to look him in his eyes, shake his hand, and just talk to him about normal everyday stuff, right? And uh, he lets me pray with him, and I also meet his need, whatever it is that day, right? So he's kind of figured out now where, when I'm at the gym and stuff, and he'll be there squatted down across the road, and I'll walk out of the gym, and he'll holler at me, Chad, you got any food? And I'll give him some food, sit down and talk to him. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's the first time. It, this is this the, it's the first time I've ever put myself aside enough to actually 
be interested in knowing about somebody in that situation. Well, you know what I mean? Since you're talking about him, how did uh, Derek end up where he's at? Well, I don't know yet. Oh, okay. I don't know yet. I, I, I just, uh, I mean, I, I would like to, I would like to continue to just build a relationship with him. Uh, where that goes, I don't know, because I don't know what he's bound. I don't know what he's bound up by. I don't know if he's alcohol or drugs or I don't know if he's doing. He's definitely a little bit doesn't think right. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know enough. I think it will take. A, a while to get to that point to where I can actually know more about his story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I did ask him the other day. I said, hey, man, you got any kin folks? And he said, yeah, but I haven't talked to him in a long, long time. Like, there ain't no telling. There ain't no telling. Yeah. What it has, what it, it and it, what it's been like to walk in that man's shoes, wherever he's been and whatever's led him to this point. There just ain't no freaking telling, man. You know, and I think that's a lesson for, for all. That, that's, that's actually something I've been considering the last couple of days. Is how judgmental I have been. How judgmental... Many of us are on a day-to-day basis, especially on people that we don't even freaking know. I mean, I'm guilty of this. Chili, how many times have you told me when I, I you know, I'll make, I'll make a comment about somebody and you're like, you don't even know him. Yeah. A lot of times, right? And, dude, when, when you just back up just a minute... And, you know, you're looking at somebody and they, maybe they're doing something that, that you don't agree with. Maybe they're living in a way that you, you don't understand or you think is just, you know, low down, dirty. Like, maybe we all ought to just back up a minute and say, you know what? I don't, I don't have a freaking clue what that person has went through what led them there no matter how bad it is no matter no matter what like instead of judging them just back up a minute say you know what i don't freaking know man well we as i mean people here in america now are that we're let those people bother us like We've become so selfish that we can't be bothered by somebody that would, even if they're asking you for money or whatever, and like you, you, you're not gonna listen to them. And we we were eating at Harvest Moon the other day, and y'all remember the guy, um, when y'all was walking around asking. Uh, yep. And I know so you're talking about. He was sitting out there on the bench, and we was eating, and uh, I told. I think Blakely was there. The girls were in the bathroom or whatever, and we walked out, and I said, hey, you want to eat with us? So he come in there and eat with us. And those people that was in the restaurant, I, w- I went inside to go pee or something, and they waved me down. Hey, come over here. 
I was like, oh, what? And they said, is that man bothering you out there? <laughs> and I was like, no, we asked him to come eat with us. And, and you could tell, like, they didn't want him to be seen eating at their restaurant. Mm. And, and I just thought, man, like, to the point of people treating them like they're less than, it's because everybody else seems bothered by them. Like, we don't have enough time to deal with talking to this person or, you know, we don't want to hear them asking us for a need, whether it's money or food. And then the rest, and then the, the restaurants and the stores, then they want to keep those people away because Americans don't want to be bothered by it. And some of you on here might say, yeah, well, I don't want to be heckled when I'm going into the store. Well, you might need to slow down just a bit. Oh. And maybe you need to help some of those people. Yeah. And and set yourself aside for a little bit and say, mm-hmm. well, even if you don't have anything, <laughs> just tell the, you know, just tell, if, truly, if you don't have any cash or nothing you can give the guy or the girl, say, hey, hey, man, I ain't got nothing I can give you. You know, if you need something out of this store I'm going into, I'll pick it up for you. Or if you ain't got the extra money to do it, then don't do it. But there's nothing wrong with telling the person no. What or did, just or just talking to him. What did mm-hmm. Pete, what did Peter tell the man that the the man that was uh that was lame that had they they remember remember that they they brought him out there to the to the uh the front door of the temple there. You remember and and Peter walked up and the man the man was begging for alms. And what what Peter tell him? Does anybody know? He said, "Buddy, I'm paraphrasing here. I I ain't got I ain't got nothing to give you in way of money or food, but what I do have, I'm going to give you freely. And what he give him? He gave him, he, well, he healed him, essentially, in the name of Jesus Christ. He healed him right there on the spot. So, Blake, you're right. Even if you ain't, you, you may not have cash in your pocket. You may not have food to give this person. And a lot of people would say that, that you shouldn't you shouldn't even help people in that way that if if I, if if someone who is homeless asks you for cash you shouldn't give them cash i disagree with that by the way but even if you don't have anything materially to give them you always have something to give them and what you have to give them is if you are a follower of christ you can give them the message of the gospel. You can just simply love them. You can just simply treat them like a human being. Look them in the eye. Ask them what their name is. Ask them how their day has been. Ask them what they're doing, where they're going. Make them feel like a human being. That means something to everybody. And if we'll quit lying, when people come up and say, hey, you got anything and you got any cash? 90% of the people will say, no, nah, I ain't got none. What you need to say is, I've got some, but I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> and if you can stomach saying that to them, then say it. But just be truthful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I've got some, but I'm not giving you. I mean, really, to be honest, and then when you have to tell the truth, you're probably going to give them some money or you're going to help them in some way. Well, that's what Derek the other day. Derek asked me for some cash, and I said, um, I said, Derek, if I give you some money, I said, what are you going to do with it? He said, I'm going to go down there and get me some of them Bojangles biscuits. <laughs> Dang right. I said, all right. I said, you ain't going to buy no drugs or alcohol with it, are you? He said, no. Well, now, of course, he might have done that, but 
I just asked him up front because I, I did. I genuinely wondered, like like Blake said. I mean, I just want to be truthful with the man. What if I give you this cash, man? What are you gonna do with it? I'm gonna get me some Bojangles biscuit. I give I gave Derek twenty dollars. He said, "Ha, that's the first time, first twenty dollars I've had in four months." So, uh, I, I agree with that, Blake. I agree. Just just be just be real. They're they these they're people, man. Well, well, why you know so many people, and I've done it too. You're judging them right off the bat by appearance. Obviously, they're homeless. You're obviously assuming they're homeless. What have they done? Some of the same stuff you just said. There ain't no telling what this person has done. But the judgment part, it makes me think in First Kings, I think, chapter 3, where King Solomon, you know, asked the Lord to make him wise in judging what's good and bad. And then right after that, the very next story is the two, the two women. One's baby had died at night, mm. and she took the, the dead baby. And, and put it on the other woman and took the live baby and said that was hers, and they went to him. And he was specifically judging what was good. There was something brought forth to him. If you're walking by a homeless person what and you're judging, I mean, that they didn't kick you in the stomach. You know, they didn't throw a rock at you. They ain't cussing you. So what, what are you even judging <clears throat> to begin with? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, yeah. where do you think, where do you think that type of judge judgmental, attitude in humans comes from i mean would you say that's just the posture of your heart how it views or how you view other people in general or or do you think it has anything to do with how we view ourselves as well because one thing that i've noticed is i think a lot of times It's it's almost as if the heart like the more upset you are with yourself or the more you start thinking, man, my life has been so hard. My life is so hard. My life is difficult. Why would I help these people? They haven't been through what I've been through. Then that almost makes you more judgmental of other people. And it's very strange because it almost that almost seems contradictory. But I think it has something to something to do with that. Like, if you see it, you got it. Like, it, is that what you're saying? Like, if you see something in somebody else, it irks you, and you're going to call them out on it? No, I think, I think I'm think i saying that I think at times, I think almost you start feeling sorry for yourself, and you start thinking, man, my life has been so hard. You know, like, yeah. you don't consider what other people went through. What You know, like Chad said, you're not thinking about, what yeah you, you don't know Derek's story but so, you're sitting there thinking well, well I know my story and mine's been hard and maybe it has I mean it probably has yeah. but you you stop there and say I'm the only one that's got anything going on right now screw these people yeah. I, 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 does I, that make sense I, I, no it makes total sense dude I, I mean I, I'm guilty of that man like I'm guilty of that like like how many times do ha, have I looked at looked at myself and said you know what? I've had to work. I've had to work my freaking butt off to get to where I am today. Like nobody's seen what what how hard I had to work to get here. I had to sacrifice everything, mm-hmm. man, in order to embark on this path, right? And I and every day and every year has been a hard year of growth, and 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 that's what got me here, right? 
and 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 I did it. So what the crap's your problem, man? Yeah. Like yeah. why 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 aren't you doing good? You know, you could have just worked hard like I worked and you could have been in a good spot. You know what, man? I I don't know. There's there's some <clears throat> there's something in human nature that I guess it's just the nature of fallen man that provokes us to criticize people, that provokes us to comparison, that provokes us to, to judgment of, of other people, and, and we just don't freaking get it, man. I'm just, I am intrigued by how it seemingly is contradictory that it almost comes from how you view yourself first. I see what you're yeah. saying. Beca I mean, because it's like the freedom from self that we always talk about. If you're enslaved by yourself, then all you think about is yourself. And when all you think about is yourself, you create a world where you are the only one exi that exists. Thus, you're the only one that's had a hard life. You're the only one that's had any problems. You're the only one that needs anything. But then... That's obviously not the reality. Yeah. The reality is everybody does. And the reality is everybody's had a, d degrees of difficult lives and you don't know about them. Just like they don't know about yours. <laughs> yep. Yep. But like, you can't see that. Yep. Well, it's biblical. I mean, it, yeah. the Bible says love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor as yourself. And, and if you so, hate yourself or you view yourself a certain way, then you're not going to be able to. Exactly. Yeah. That would imply that you must love yourself first before you can love other people. Or, or the way that you love yourself is the way you are going to love right. other people. And, if I mean, yeah, you got to understand that for yourself first. So I think that's definitely a big part of it. Another part of it is that we put so much crap on us all the time, so many tasks to be done, so many uh, things to be thinking about. You know, you get in your car and you turn the radio on and boom, 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 all the way to work. You get to work, your mind's busy. You go home, turn your radio, boom, 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 all the way home. Get home, and the kids is hollering and crying and making dinner, go to bed. It's like, I ain't got time to give this guy any money. Yeah. You know, my mind's constantly busy. I got this to do. Well, I got you, that to you do. You value your tasks over yeah. that. Yep. Uh, it's it's even as simple as the other day when, uh, you remember this, corn when a guy came in and talked to us the other day while we were working in the afternoon? Yeah. yeah. I barely even looked at him. When he was introducing himself and talking to me, because I was printing orders at the time, and I didn't take the five seconds to really talk to him. You know why? Because I had work to do. He was bothering me by coming in there and just saying hi. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean that that's just a simple example, though. Yeah. You know, I mean what that he didn't even need help. He didn't. Even, it wasn't even bothersome. But I mean, I was like, ah, well. I, I mean, when you look back on it, that's exactly what I was doing. I was more worried about what I had going on and didn't give a crap that he... I mean, that's ridiculous. But that just, once again, proves hmm. the the selfishness that exists within me. I mean, it, it's it's not good, but... <laughs> I'm going to tell you all a little story real quick. <clears throat> this is... I, I, I learned something yesterday. I'm going to tell you all this story. Uh, as Blake talked about... Uh, Blake was talking about, well, and cornbread and all of us have been talking about, you know, everybody has a, a, a uniquely difficult path that they've walked in life. 
Um, not everybody. Some people's life has been great, right? Some people can't think of a single thing that that has really impacted them. Now, I, I guess there's people out there like that. I don't know. Maybe they're just not emotionally aware enough to to realize that there have been some things that have impacted them and changed them, you know, for the worse. But um, it's funny that we think we can define difficulty hmm. or difficult situations that people have faced in life, right? We think we can define that. So if we look at, if we look at, let's say like a war hero, like a Medal of Honor winner, and we hear that, that man's story of, of, of hero, uh, some heroic event that he went through that, you know, he lost his entire platoon and he's a, you know, he came out and saved a bunch of people. We, we like to think that that's the definition or would be a good definition of a difficult time, right? And yeah, that's a difficult time, without a doubt. But it's funny that that we don't take in we don't take into consideration the fact that we can't define difficulty for each individual person. And let me tell you how how I know this. So I went and saw my man Jeremy yesterday in counseling. And I'm going I'm just I'm just going through my story with Jeremy. Now, y'all don't know this, but there are large portions of my life that in my mind are blank. There are years like that I don't know what I was doing. Uh there there're many many big chunks of my life that are just I know where I was at, but I don't remember anything from, like, any detail. It's like my mind just blacked out this entire portion of my life. Freaking weird, man. So I'm going through this. I'm going through my story with Jeremy trying to reclaim some of that. Does that make sense to y'all? Well, I mean... I, I do have to interject since you asked that. Yeah. How like what periods? Like during the Navy or, or childhood or Um I, I would mean, I, I would say I would say from the periods from about the age of eighteen to about the age of okay. thirty two. So stuff you should remember. Yes. Yes, <laughs> stuff I should remember. Right. Yes. Two years ago? Or uh, three? Like re- really recently? Um no. I guess I well I don't or maybe like maybe thirty. The end of the Navy or something. I, I would yeah. say I would say up to so the yeah, Navy career. To, yeah, I about mean, my Navy career. Yeah. yeah, I'd say that's the but but not but even prior to going like mm-hmm. from eighteen right, and so I'm just trying to reclaim some of that. So Jeremy's just like, well, yeah, man, let's just let's just tell this thing as we go, and so yesterday I'm sitting down telling this joker. This part of my story, man, and this something that I didn't even know was there. It was a part of. It was one of those black parts of my of my memory. Freaking blindsided me, dude. I'm talking about. I'm telling in this story, and as I'm go, this one single thing unfolds out of my mind. And I go to tell it to him, 
And it stops me in my freaking tracks. I couldn't even stop it. I just broke down in tears. I couldn't stop it. Like, I didn't even feel it. I didn't. And I just looked at this dude, and I'm like, holy crap. Where did, what the crap just happened, man? It was the wildest thing that I have experienced. I've never experienced it before. And you know what the crazy thing is, man? That thing that, that just blindsided me, if I told you what it was, you wouldn't even think it was that big of a deal, probably. You'd be like, how did that affect you like that? See, we can't define what is difficult for the individual. Your story is sacred, and it is sacred because your story is completely unique from every other human being on earth. And you know why you discredit your story and the value of your story? You discredit it because all of the critics, all of the people who have defined what is difficult... And you think, you look back on your life and you say, well, somebody else had it worse. No, man, screw that, man. We've created an environment, and especially, especially in the veteran community, where a lot of you guys are discrediting your story and the things that have happened to you and the things that have impacted you and you're discrediting it because all you're doing is you're comparing yourself to what the world says is difficult and it's freaking bullcrap because I'm here to tell you right now, I got to a part of my story yesterday that I didn't even know was there and was one of the silliest daggone things that I could have ever said and it literally stopped me in my freaking tracks. So quit, first of all, quit thinking that you shouldn't work on yourself because somebody else had it harder than you. Because that's freaking bull crap, man. And let me tell you, man, what I'm doing right now I'm just beginning this journey. But when that happened to me, Jeremy looked at me and he said, first of all, the reason I'm not giving y'all details is because first of all, Jeremy said, when you get ready to, when you, if you think you're ready to tell somebody about this thing that you, cause I told him, I said, God, I'm glad I told you this right here and not on a podcast somewhere. He said, well, when you think, when you get ready to tell somebody what you just told me, he said, pump the brakes. He said, just hold up, man. And I said, well, what the crap do I do with that, man? I've never, that's never, like, dude, I, I'm not kidding you. Like, I couldn't stop it. You, you, does that make any sense? Like, it, it just hit me like I couldn't stop it. I said, what the crap you do with that, man? He said, it's connected now. And I said, you, you realize, I said, I said, well, after that part that stopped me in my tracks, 
following that moment was a enti- was about eight months that are black in my memory that I know I don't remember anything about. And I said, Jeremy, I don't even know where to go from here, man, because I don't remember anything about that entire basically year after that happened. And I said, do we just skip over that? And he said, no, man, wait till next time I see you. He said, he said, it has, the reason that that year is black in your mind, it has to do with what you just told me. And that connected now. And he said, next time we see each other, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, where you're at. It's the wildest thing, dude. The mind is unbelievably it it is it is wild, man. And this and, and and so I want to tell you guys too. I'm not saying that this is for everybody. I'm saying this is for me. And I'm gonna tell you guys too. This dude that that I go and do this counseling with, he is a solid Christian brother. I mean, I couldn't do this with anybody else. So I'm not I'm not saying that this is for everybody or that you can just that everybody needs to do this. I'm not saying that you can just go out and find somebody to help you. For me, the Lord has put me in community with the right person. But I I've never experienced anything like it in my life, man. And so I'll share that with you for the sake of trying to explain to you that when you look at someone else in a judgmental way, and like Chili said, you think because what you went through is harder than what they went through and you're doing better than they are, I'm telling you this to explain to you that what is difficult is different for every individual because i thought when i when i thought when i went to tell my story to jeremy that the difficult parts were going to be finding dead bloated babies floating down a river in nigeria or the difficult part was going to be uh, losing one of my best buddies or the difficult part was going to be bound up in 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 the the worst mistakes that I ever made and the highest cost that I had to pay in order to dig myself out of the hole I thought those were going to be all the difficult parts but I can sit here and talk about all those things and all those things still exist in my memory what, I, what I'm learning is the difficult parts aren't even those things that the world would look at as difficult. The difficult parts were these things that were so difficult for me personally that my memory buried them. Freaking crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, but that makes total sense to me about why your mind would do that. I mean, I would say that's got to be a common thing that, that people have blanks in their memory like that, that have dealt with things that were hard for them that they buried. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, like you said, the brain's crazy. It's crazy. Dude. I mean, we know enough about the brain when I say we, I mean, I don't, but you know, nor neuroscientists do that, that it's, we, you know, enough to know about it that it's that we know nothing. I mean, that it's insane how intricate and complex it is. And 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, but that makes total sense what you're describing, right? It's almost like your brain's trying to, in a way, protect you. Yeah. Like, it's almost like a protection thing, like, but but maybe it's a hindrance. I don't know. That that's I don't it makes sense to me what you're saying, but that's an interesting thing. And that's wild. It's wild how you could legitimately have a blacked out period in your memory or I have multiple of I them. I mean, doesn't that seem wild? I have multiple of them. And yes, and, and I've never understood why they're there. Well, I mean I I can't say. I I don't know anything about it, but I would think that with it being in the time it's in, like it would make sense that you had more important things to you at the time, which would be operating in the military, and you didn't have time to deal with that stuff in your mind. So you just kept rolling right on, and time enough time passed that it's like, well, I don't even remember really what was going on there. I don't know. I mean, that could be a reason for it, or like Chili said, who knows why it's there. I mean, there's no no answer for that. Yeah, I think... I, well, they, 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 the scientist, think that it's basically a self-preservation mechanism for the brain. So to protect you. Yeah. Protect you from what? Well, I think pr- protect you from the amount of stress that yep. that's causing you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, literally you can die from stress. I mean, yeah, like it. It almost it's almost said in jest, but it, you literally can't. I mean, if enough, oh, it can kill you. If enough stress comes on a person, it can kill you. Yeah. And I think in the like like you said, he was in the middle. You know, a stressful situation on top of this and this and this. I think it literally is like we can only handle so much, so we'll just cut this off. Yeah, that's my understanding of yep. it. Yep. But I don't. I mean, I can find out. Yeah, that's exactly right. And 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 the the I I just can't drive home more. I can't drive home enough the moral of me telling you this is the fact that that thing was something that will probably sound silly to people when I tell it to them. I I, I want you to understand that. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, do you think that was important that that happened? Like that needed to happen? Dude, I'm going to tell you straight up. I left that place and I freaking felt like a hundred pounds was off of me. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's and really I didn't even know it was there. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten all about it, or f- my brain filed it in the black space. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it was very important. Yeah, and what I what I'm hoping. And I and, and by the way, I have no expectations for this. By the way, I, I should I should keep doing this with no expectations. But what I would hope is that because we brought that out of the black, that I'm hoping that I can reclaim some of that time that I don't remember anything about. So is that the main reason you started? doing this is because you knew you had all those I didn't know they spots. were there I, well I, I knew no no it, um I knew those I knew those spots in my in right. my past were were not were like I couldn't recall them mm-hmm. um but my no my intention was not to reclaim those so my intention of starting this is so that 
to to me, this is part of my process of being of of the Lord setting me free from myself. This is part of my process in that. And so that's why I wanted to that's why I wanted to do this. And I feel a deep responsibility to the people who follow 307 Project. The the I feel a deep responsibility to honor the platform that the Lord has given us. And I've always and, and, and here's the thing. Again, I have to caveat this. The story of my life is, is there, there, there. I am to, I totally realize that there are people with much more horrific stories well, stop than mine. Comparing yourself, but right? That, that, that's the thing. Just tell it. That's you the don't thing. Even have to preface it with that. Just tell it. But here's the thing. It has been my endeavor to be able to share the fullness of the journey that God has taken me through. The fullness of the full, at, at least to this point, the fullness of my experience in life with the people that God has given us to speak to. Hopefully, purely for someone else's benefit. So, like, that was my initial endeavor. And so, how do you, but, but how do you even, how do you even share your story when you have these massive blacked out portions? You know, and, and it's, it's weird, man, because I've, I've even tried, so I, I've, I've talked, I've talked through some, like, these these kind of just a broad overview uh, of my life before <laughs> but like that that portion we discussed last night I've always skipped over it because I didn't even know it was there well now I know it's there and so it changes everything chronologically and it has to be there in order for the chronological thing to even work it has to be there so that was my my endeavor is again this is a part of the process of like putting my my old self literally just burying it just just putting it to death this is part of that process for me and then to be able to one day say hey man let me sit and write this down because maybe it'll help somebody. Because why the crap else would I have went through it? Why the crap else am I even living if I ain't going to take what I've got and use it to help somebody? That is my purpose. So, no man, look, I don't cry. This was something that you had no choice. I ain't never seen nothing like it. <laughs> the way you describe me, you was probably crying before you knew you was crying. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I looked at Jeremy. I was like, what the world is happening, man? 
And he just kind of laughed at me like, <laughs> he know he he's seen this before, you know. Right. I guess my question is, and I feel like I've already asked it, but I can't remember is. Is this him? Like, do you think people are going to continue to be hindered by themselves if they don't do this for themselves? Like, if they have those same. I'm. I'm not saying I think that. I'm just asking you, man. I mean, is that like the, the the message that you're given, or I, I know you're given several. You know, that's not the message, but I mean, do you feel like if you hadn't done that, you couldn't do you know fulfill your purpose? And that that may be the same for other people. For me personally, yes. If if I, here's the thing, man. Here's for for other people, I don't know. Well, you don't man. know. I I I don't. Right. I, I am not even near enough of understanding even how how this how the Lord unfolds this process. To recommend it to anybody, what 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 I can what what I wanted to tell people today is your story, whatever it is, is is unique and sacred to you, and you should value it and not compare it to other people and what the world says is hard. You shouldn't minimize the difficulty you've experienced because the world says your difficulty wasn't hard enough to be important. That's what I want to tell people today. I don't want to tell people to do what I'm doing because I don't even know what this is going to look like in the end. For me personally, this... I feel like this for me personally, the Holy Spirit has led me into this, this process. And I feel like, yes, if I abandon the work that, do you think I want to go down here and talk to this joker? No, not, not, not at, not at the beginning, but when I leave there, you know how I feel? I'm at the front desk booking another daggone appointment with him because I don't want it to end. I'm like, we got to keep going, man. We got to keep going because something just happened that I ain't never even experienced before. And it, and it feels good. <laughs> it's, I know it's crazy. It's no, hard. It's hard, but it feels good. <laughs> like... Get me on the calendar, son. <laughs> uh, do I think if I abandon the work that the Holy Spirit's put on my heart to do, that it would hinder me? Yes, because let me tell y'all something right now. I've been operating for the last since the the last three or four years, bound up by crap that I didn't even know was there. And let me tell you right now, as the Holy Spirit of Christ takes this vessel that is his through this process and, and, and throws off the freaking chains that have bound me up for that I didn't even know was there, and he casts off the old man, and when that, when that is complete, whatever that looks like, Son, get out of the way. That's what I believe. Oh, man. 
So it's worth it, man. It's worth it. Not for my sake. Because I want to do what I want to do what the, I want to be. I want to do what the Lord has for me, man. Like I want to take that. I want to be. I want Him to take that all the way. Like all the way. Yeah, and and that may look different for every everybody. So exactly. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. Does anybody on YouTube understand any of this, Blake, or? Uh, well, yeah, I've been kindly looking, but, um, you know, how a lot of this chat goes. There's a few people on here that are getting some stuff from it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't mean to to get all serious up in here and just shut y'all down, <laughs> man. I mean... Uh, oh, I mean, it's good. It's oh, good Chad conversation. just comes in here and he's excited, man. It's worth uh, it's worth discussing, and you know, like I think a lot of what you're experiencing is is actually full surrender to God. You know, we all have some things that we hold on to, whether we know it or we don't. We all have these certain desires, or uh, you, you know, maybe it's money, or maybe it's your Pope uniform. And chili, what the world? Sorry, uh, if we're transitioning here, my Pope robe is giving me a rash. <laughs> but we all got stuff, you know, and uh, I think what you're experiencing is the fullness of God, and, and you want so much more of it that you say, I don't care about those other things anymore. I don't care about money, or I don't care where this, really even where the 307 project goes or where anything goes, as long as it's moving to- toward the Lord. It don't matter what it's got, and... I mean, that's my prayer for everybody. And when you really get it, you want everybody to experience it. If you really get it and you see someone on... We was talking earlier about homeless people and how we should treat them. That's how you got to treat everybody, man. Whether they're asking you for help or not, you treat them like a human. We're talking about homeless people, and by talking about them, we're almost treating them as less than ourselves. It's just, They're just people yeah. in general. Yeah. And it just so happens that these people on the street are, are coming up and actually asking you for it. But half the other people you see need more than what they need. They're just not willing to admit it or willing to ask, or maybe they don't realize it. And so when you really get the fullness of Christ, you can't help but share it with people. It ain't like, oh, now you should have told him about Jesus. It's like that's the automatic response because what else would you tell the guy or girl? You know? And I right. think that's a lot of what you're experiencing, Chad. It's something else, man. Thanks, Bishop. Yeah, thank you, Bishop. It's something else, man. I tell you what, man. This life, this life is something else. Well, um, you know, this ain't got to be. For, yeah, this ain't got to be for everybody. We we we'll, we'll talk about some something now that's for everybody. <laughs> All right. We have some hard shifts on here, don't we? Yeah. We'll talk about something now that's for everybody. Chili, will you please uh, talk to us about why the flag is always at half mass? And I'm a, I'm gonna look up specifically why today it's at half mass. Oh well, you wouldn't be able to look it up. I mean it. Well, I heard Joe Biden had a paper cut, and that's why it was today. That was going around the rumor mill, but it could be various things. 
So, I don't could know. Could it be that I didn't put my hat on? It could be. I mean, that was pretty detrimental to this operation. My my staff is at half <laughs> mass right now, but uh, uh, no, I think Chad is. I I I just mentioned this a lot because every time I drive anywhere, I mean anywhere for the last probably four or five years, even from my, I've just noticed that the the flag is always half mass. I'm sure everybody notices that. I mean. Like I can count, you can count on one hand how many times it ain't at like government buildings, and you know some people that own a business may fly their flag normally, but uh, I, I I'm just it's just an observation. I mean I don't even have any commentary on it. I'm just like that's interesting, and um, you know you see it again today. Obviously, there's no different. It's it's getting more and more prevalent. And but what did you ask me? Why? Yeah. Well, I heard Joe Biden had a paper cut, but uh. But no, it's that's not the actual reason. I've got the actual. Reason oh, you right couldn't here. even have the actual reason. It's uh, probably Israel. Oh, it's it, probably support it's, for Israel. This is a this is a good reason. To Come have on, the, Chad. Look, there's 18 different th- reasons. This is a real good reason to fly our flag at half mast today. What is it? It's sad. The first lady of Georgia, Rosalind Carter, died this month. Okay. This month? Yep. Who died this month. Well, see, that's my point. Like, when yep. you look it up or whatever, the the flags everywhere will be half... Ma- I mean, you know, when the situation in Israel happened, I mean, that that gets a month. What's the true meaning of the flag being at half mass? Well, it's to show respect like when a president died. I mean, that's what that was designed for. I mean, yeah. like, you know, if, if the president's dog died, you didn't put it at half mass. It was like if he died or the vice president died or something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's... And so by not flying it at half mass, if something happened, someone might be offended that well, we've gotten, they didn't think that that was worthy we've, enough. We've gotten to that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we've gotten yeah, no, to that. Nobody's on the same page with it. You might have half mass at, in the city of Dallas and come up here at Rome and they're touching the moon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody's on the same page with it anymore at all. I mean, it's just, it's pretty much always because they, I mean, I think they love a, an excuse, a reason to put it down. You know, it's just, it's for anything. I mean, it's when a celebrity dies. It's when, you know, the Ukraine invasion happens, yeah. the Israel, whatever. I mean, it's just, it's, it's anything. A school shooting. And I'm not commentating on it. The school shootings are terrible. But that just wasn't what it was designed for. When you do it for everything, it just perpetually lives halfway up. Which is like then you got to go to quarter mass when something uh, really yeah I mean it's it's not a commentary that those things aren't bad or I don't you, well, you know it's just that's not what it was designed for so it's interesting that how it's turned I've just noticed that what you getting at with it Chad well you just I mean just making a point no I'm I don't ever just make a point Bubba you know I always get at the root. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I know what Chad it. thinks here at Groot I mean Chad thinks it's generally for. It's a psyop. Uh, uh, yeah, a, a re, you know, a way to get at the public to continually, de- essentially depress a depressive state, a state where you you're always in danger, you're always in bad times, you're always mourning, you're always beat down, you're always, um, you know, yep. you never come out of that. You you never don't you, rejoice. You, right, you can't yeah. act normal. You can't act. Don't be proud. Don't think of our nation as strong. Don't think of that. 
Well, it's certainly a shift that has taken place in, I mean, I don't remember that as a kid ever. You know, if George Bush had died, we would have put it down. But barring that, you know, there was all kinds of bad events. But It nothing. made the news, the national news as a kid if the flag went to half. Yeah, that's yep. what I'm getting at. Yep. Yeah, it was like, so now it's like 9-11. You but didn't have to look up what happened because everybody knew everybody what happened. Knew. Now it's every day. That's yeah. just what I've noticed in like the last five years or so. But so anyway. has anybody else noticed this? Have y'all... See, and here's the thing. You might not have noticed it. Because like I said, this is just another little piece of the freaking whole psyop, psychological operation that is being propagated against the citizens of the United States. And here's the thing. For uh, for it to work, you don't even have to notice that it's working. What's better if you don't? Exactly. <laughs> it's it is, not really working if you notice it. It's a, it but it is affecting your it, subconsciously it is affecting the population. So you're you're riding you're just riding down the road, and out of your out of your peripheral vision, it, it just it just picks up the flag. Well, it may not even register with you, but the flag is at half mass, and you're just seeing that, and 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 it's a representation of weakness, of mourning, of distress, and you know that in 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 your conscious mind. But just subconsciously, everybody's seeing that all the time. It's affecting the way that you view our nation as a whole. It's a freaking psyop, man. And it's, 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 you don't even have to pick up. Actually, when you do notice it, it stops working. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the funny thing with, with a lot of people will pride themselves on when they when they think they figured out a psyop but it, it's because they generally they 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 forget the fact that there's probably many things well not probably i mean there's many things going on that's affecting them that they don't even notice exactly i mean like it, it, if you don't think you're subject to that or you're subject to influence well then you're not a human i mean like people don't th- some people you say they they're not they're not affected by advertising. They say that they're not subject to how advertising affects people. Mm-hmm. Well, of, of course, I mean, I I doubt that. Uh, everybody, yeah. even when you think you're not, even when you try to not be, even when you do this, like, why do you use the products you use? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? It's probably all just a result of stuff you have being influenced. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway, <clears throat> so I just wanted to point that out because we talked about it this morning. Yeah, we did. Um, so that hopefully some people will take notice of it and uh, and uh, have a conversation with it or about it with the people that you do life with, and um, bring bring some awareness to it uh, and set yourself free from the psyop that's being propagated on your subconscious mind by your government. You know, I came up with a three pronged attack. For real? Yeah. Against- do, you, do you even listen to Truck Talk? No. 
What was your three-pronged attack? You don't... Seriously, man, you don't listen to truck talk? Seriously, man, no. I came up with a three-pronged attack, and we discussed it on uh, the last three episodes of Truck Talk about how to stay positive or maintain your sanity while all the freaking crap is going on. Well, you're living in the upside down. Mm. You're living in the upside down. Now, if you, um, you know, if, if you think a man is a man and a woman's a woman, you're far right. You know? Yeah. You're living in the upside down. Politically extreme. Yep. Three-pronged attack here for you guys that don't watch Truck Talk. <laughs> First of all, number one, accept that change is coming and that change is going to be for the worse. It's already here. The change well, is it's here. Going to, but it's going to continuously. Uh, see, that's I, probably I, the only guarantee we have in life is that change will happen. But and we'll die. That's just kind of change. Cha- right. Change is coming for the worse. Now, that sounds real negative. People say, what the crap, Chad? That sounds real negative. thought this was positive. Yeah, I thought this was positive. Well, look, man. The the cancer that has enveloped this modern society has rooted so deep and spread so far that you ain't going to fix it without some major, major surgery. And as long as you continue to try to cling to the idea that your savior, Donald Trump, is going to come in here and turn all of this around without you having to to go through any sort of difficulty, and that somebody's going to come up in here, look at me, I'm trying to run for president. You think, as long as you, yeah, I mean, that might actually work, but... (laughs) As long as you think that someone's going to come in here and fix all this and turn things around without you having to experience, if you happen to be here on the earth, some sort of difficulty, put put in some sort of effort, uh, take some sort of action, as long as you think that that's going to happen, you're going to drive yourself insane. That ain't going to happen. You know, generally... When something needs to be fixed, you got to take it apart. You got to take it apart first in order to fix it. That's just how it works, man. I mean, I mean, if, if you catch it kind of early, you know, you might be able to get in there and kind of without taking the whole thing apart, you might be able to do something to... Kind of fix the problem if you catch it early. But when you let it go on and on and on and on and you continue to neglect it and ignore it and turn and turn away from it, the problem gets so bad that you got to take the whole daggone thing apart in order to get in there and fix what needs to be fixed. People's too busy to even take it apart. They oh, got, yeah. They got time to go vote. Oh, yeah. They got time to go vote. They're too busy to take it apart. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's the first prong. What's number two? Number two, become skilled. 
I talked about a lot of folks out there. They are they 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 have daily anxiety because they know that if anything happens to this illusion of a system that props everything up, if anything happens that disrupts the internet, the supply chain, your monthly check from the government, if anything happens, you are completely helpless. You realize that's how most people exist? They are, they are so unskilled. They realize that they do not have a single bit of knowledge or skill or ability that they could bring to the table if anything happened to disrupt this way of life that we are allowed to live as modern man in America. Would that not stress you out? No wonder you're stressed, man. You spent your whole life learning how to freaking run a social media campaign. You spent your whole life learning how to file somebody's freaking taxes, and that's the only thing that you know how to do. You spent your whole life learning how to sell insurance, and that's the only thing you know how to do. You can't freaking shoot a gun. You can't grow a daggone weed. You can't skin a deer. You can't. You don't even know how to get water. Can't even bait a hook. You can't do nothing. No wonder you're so daggone anxious. You're freaking helpless, man. Make the effort to figure out how to do the very basic things that every single human being should know how to do in order to sustain your life as a human being. Is that radical? They're too busy. <laughs> too busy for skills, man. Yeah, and you wonder why you're stressed out. Well, it's not a need right now either. Is that, I, that exactly? It's not a need right now, you know. Yeah. So why do it? But man, that is sounds the, radical. Is the thought process. You're telling me I need to learn how to grow a garden? But, and you was talking about skinning the deer. That's probably in our area. Culture is the first thing somebody says, and you. Y'all may disagree with this, but I believe hunting is probably one of the less needed ones because if you read back in the 1800s and the 1900s, the animals were decimated, son. Even in the 1950s. If something hits the fan, those are going those animals are going to be drove by people, by hounds. You sitting in a tree stand learning how to hunt a deer trail is going to be Useless. Ain't You're be no right. Deer. That, ain't gonna be no deer. This yeah. it's gonna be such a small time frame. Yeah. You've wasted all these years developing, calling up a turkey for nothing. Well, I agree yeah. with that. I talked into my. I, I talked to my old buddy TC Stewart. By oh. the way, TC just passed away. Uh, a, a YouTube listener commented, let me know on one of our podcasts. TC passed away. He was a legend from Virginia. Yeah. Did you ever meet T.C. Blake? Uh, I heard tell of him. I'm going to tell you what, man. This dude, he was he was legit. Uh, he was a hoarder. <laughs> but this joker, Dog man, when, right? when I lived in Virginia, he was 77 years old. He lived in a dilapidated camper 
Uh, and he had him a pack of hounds. I'm talking about a slap a pack. He had like 20 hounds. And uh, he, did, he didn't, like, they lived with him. Like, he didn't kennel them. They lived with him. They'd be up in the camper with him, just roaming around. You'd see them everywhere. Well, T.C. would, uh, you know, he would take off with them hounds at 77 years old, and he would walk from daylight to dark with them hounds, trying to get them to jump a deer, right? And they'd jump a deer. He towed an old double-barrel shotgun. He never shot a deer. He didn't give two craps about killing a deer. He just walked all day. You never knew where he would pop out. And um, T.C. passed away. But T.C. was telling me back in the, I want to say he said the 50s or early 60s, he said, you did not see a deer track. He said, if you found a deer track, you went and got your dogs immediately and brought them to that track Mm -hmm. because there won't no deer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I read an article from an old paper in Dallas in the 50s, and they actually wrote it up in the paper that somebody seen a deer and how everyone <laughs> come from around the county with their cur dogs, and they run this deer like two days. It bedded down in the swamp, and they all slept around the swamp waiting for the booger to pop out, and they finally got him like a three-day one-deer hunt. That's a persistence hunt, man. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Um, and, and so that is a – I think another valuable skill that is a true skill is learning how to keep livestock, man. Yeah. I believe I, I believe that's a worthy skill to learn because a lot of people think that it, it's uh, simple to raise goats or cows or chickens. Chickens are probably about the simplest one. But, uh, but there's a lot that goes into raising a goat or a cow or a sheep or – or some sort of livestock animal. Like, that's a legitimate skill. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not te- And I'm not telling you to do this because I'm some massive prepper. I'm just, I'm just giving you some options here. Like, and here's the thing. When you learn skills like this, it's going to make you happy. Because you're connecting with who you were created to be as a human being. Like, we are so disconnected with what we are supposed to be doing, getting our hands in the dirt, building things, caring for livestock animals. Uh, doing, we're so disconnected from those things. That's another reason why we're so dang stressed out and unhappy, man. Like, I'm straight up with you. Go out and grow a garden. And grow a garden because it's a good skill. But go out and grow a garden because it's going to make you a happier human being. Get you some dang chickens because it's good to have chickens. It's a good skill, but it's going to make you a happier human being when you go out there and feed them chickens and then you sit out there and watch them peck the grass for 10 minutes every day. I'm telling you, man, we're disconnected from how we're supposed to be living and what we're supposed to be doing completely. That's a big reason why we're all so daggone stressed out and unhappy. So that's the second prong. Number three. Prong three. Come on. It is control the controllables. All right. Prong three gets down to the root of it. Well, that's cliche. Well, it but it's true. It's okay. true. All right. Go on. Every every day 
you are in even if you don't know you don't know what's coming in the future, right? None of us do, but we know it's 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 headed in a bad direction. In spite of that, every day you are in control of some really important things, right? You are in control of for most of us, you are in control of what you are going to to do to uh, how you're going to impact your physical health every day. What what are you going to put in your mouth today? What what kind of activity are you going to get in? Are you just going to sit around like a lump and stare at your daggone computer screen? Tax man? Or are you going to get out and take a walk? Are you going to eat Chick-fil-A? Are you going to eat you eat you some good food? Like a like a smoothie bowl down here at Spartan Smoothie. You're in control of what you put in your mouth and what you get out and do that day in terms of physical activity. And you're neglecting that. You're in control of it. But you're just steering it in the wrong direction. Right? Every day, you're in control of what you allow to come into your eyes and ears. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What are you watching? What content are you consuming? What kind of music are you listening to? What's that, Blake? Blake's big on that. You're in control of those things, and they're impacting your mind. And you're just letting your mind go down the freaking drain, man, because you won't clean up a couple of... A, a couple of really unhealthy, ugly things. Are you sitting around watching freaking porn all day? Most of y'all are. Quit freaking watching that crap, man. It's destroying your mind. You're in control of what comes out of your freaking mouth, which affects your mind. What are you talking about, man? Are you spending your day gossiping about people? Are you spending your day complaining about this or that? What are you talking about? So you're in control to a a high degree of your mental health. And the last one. You said three. Well, yeah, this is the, this is, you're in control. Control the controllables physically, mentally, and spiritually. Oh, all right. All right. So there's three tiers to the third prong. Yep. And all now, right. now we're going to get down to the root because that's what the cardinal does. You are in control every day of how much time you spend with the Lord. And this gets down to the root. Our faith in Christ gives us the absolute ultimate peace, the ultimate security. It is the root of everything. But you've neglected it, man. You've neglected it because you would rather listen to Joe Rogan than read your Bible in the morning. You know what I'm saying? 
You'd rather, you'd rather get up and scroll Instagram than take five minutes to, to, to have a prayer in the morning. You just keep neglecting it. You're in control of that. So that's the three-pronged attack. Thank you. Well, yeah. You're welcome, sir. See, when I tell y'all, when I look, these boys right here have been in the dungeon getting after it. And see, I have to tell them every evening about 2 o'clock, hey, boys, I, I want to be here with you, but I got to go home and rest my mind. <laughs> That's what he says. And see, this is what happens when y'all allow me the time to rest my mind. I come up with the three-pronged attack. You come up with stuff like control the controllables. The three-pronged. Y'all ain't no, heard of that. The three-pronged attack, man. <laughs> Y'all didn't know you had to do that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> but for real. But for real, why, why, why would you not do that every day? The three-pronged attack? No, why would you not control the things that you have control over every single day? Oh, well, I don't think you have a choice. <laughs> I mean, you can't control the things that you don't have control of. Exactly. But that's what people must spend most of their time thinking about. Trying to do. Thinking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what consumes them, for sure. Blake, you got anything on this? No, I think you did well describing that. (laughs) Y'all are a freaking boring (laughs) bunch today. Good night. Did I do something wrong? No. What what are you talking about? You just think Blake's, you think he's in a bad mood. He was late this morning. Look, man, I can't float this whole show. <laughs> well, you have thus far. <laughs> <laughs> How long are you trying to go with this thing? <laughs> these these people in this chat, they said, uh, is Chad some kind of CIA agent trying to bait me in to get, watch this video so I get put on a list or something? <laughs> what, what, li- what video? This one. A this lot of people all... A lot of people think that I am uh, actually working. Uh, I'm like a operative for the government. But, but why, it's it, this. I mean, that could why be a good business pitch. You know, we could tell the CIA, "Look, you're gonna have to start paying us if you want us to keep doing this because we're getting y'all lots we, of folks." That we you should need to actually be see if the CIA wants to sponsor the show. Yeah. Well, what was it about this particular episode? Well, they didn't say that. Oh. But it's YouTube, just in general. YouTube, you got any questions? Yeah, if super you got, chats. If you got any questions, we did bring, get some nice super chats. Bring them in the house. But yeah, I, I surely the CIA has a budget to sponsor shows like this. You reckon? Cause, yeah, because we could just share our we could share our analytic analytics with them. Yeah. Yeah. Because surely they don't have our password to be able to see our analytics. Yeah, absolutely and stuff. not. Absolutely. You think we'd so. need to stay here, or would we need to go to somewhere else? No, we'll be good Change here. locations, okay. Yeah, we'll be good here. Nobody knows where this is at. Yeah. Daggone it, you guys are on to us. Son uh, of a gun. Look, we got 10 bucks from Dennis Long the third. Thank you, Dennis. He said, the water actually freezes because the snow miser cast a spell on it. The original <laughs> blue falcon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's Dennis? Dennis Long the third. I like Dennis that, with the man, callback. Daggone. Or he probably, sent, he probably put that. When we were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well. They're going to snow miser, son. Um, Brett Childers gave 100 bucks. Brett. Good night. He said, close for Derek. Tell him Jesus loves him. 
Good night. Thank you, Derek. Or, uh, thank you, Brett. I appreciate that. I'll never forget old Brett Childers sitting on a sandbar on the bank of the Altima Hall with a migraine headache. And I dropped his ribeye steak in the sand and then gave it over to him and didn't tell him I dropped it in the sand. He fell to eating it and said, did somebody drop this thing in the sand? <laughs> Hey, old Brett got up on that uh, got up on that sand bank. He said, "Let's just sit here for a while, boys." <laughs> oh, and, Brett, then, and then the next morning, y'all took all your tents down, and that freaking thunderhead struck. Yeah, me and him just Good we just night. sat in the uh, third world squad under a tree, under some willow trees, and just watched your tent. And y'all stand by. We've been working on a documentary of this trip for about three years now. It's going to be uh, just like. <laughs> Probably gonna come out in the movie theater. Yeah, you got to put that out. That's Blake. gonna be an old classic. Well, if I that would, ever. but just it's missing like fifty percent of stuff that you got to do. So. No, just take what you got and just release it. People no. want to see it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. We got. It's mainly just clips of me in the water. Yeah, ten dollars from Robert Lee. He said, "When I give money to panhandlers, I trade them. I ask them to pray for me or someone I know." Some look at me funny, but I've had some pray, and I have seen real immediate results from their prayers. Thank you, Robert Lee. Robert Lee, thank you. Wade White, y'all remember him? I oh, remember yeah, Wade. Right, of course. He, he, gave, he finished his uh, first 100-miler, by the way. Nice. Got a darn good mustache on him. Yes, he does. He gave $50. He said, powerful message, Chad. I thought I was alone in dealing with what most would call a small setback. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Wade. Thank you, for, man. Thank you for sharing that, brother. And good job on your first hundred. Yeah. Eric Logan gave ten bucks, didn't say nothing, then he come back in with ten more bucks, and he God. said, "I forgot this," and he put a heart on there. Thank you, Eric. Good we love grief, you too, man. man. KP one gave twenty bucks. Said, "Chad, welcome to life of learning what it means to be born again. Those hidden things were before and will never be again. Now you are ready to face it, only to see what was." And now is no more forgiven from. Thank you, KP. Thank you for that, brother. Thank you for that word. That's what we got. Thank y'all. Any questions? Well, I'm sure there's some that seem to <laughs> about what's your predictions on 2024. Chad, have you killed a buck yet? No, uh, I ain't even been hunting. Ain't. I ain't even got the heart to kill nothing no more. We just got <laughs> 10 bucks from Stephen Previtt. Thank said, you, Stephen. for the laugh. Um, let's see. Yeah, well, you would have got a good laugh, Stephen, if the bishop would have wore his darn hat. I don't see what's funny. Uh, no, I ain't hardly got to kill the heart to kill nothing no more, man. I started raising them goats. I ain't kidding you. I don't know if I can kill nothing no more. Deer ain't nothing but a goat. That's what I'm saying. Chad. Yeah. It's been, you know what, man? It's been my, it's been my job my whole life to kill stuff. I'm about tired of it. (laughs) I, I remember. Look, I ain't kidding you, man. I remember one time my, uh, my aunt had a kitten that was uh all stove up, wasn't gonna live. Guess who had to take the kitten out back and blow its head off with a twenty two? Me. It's always been my job to kill stuff. Well, who's gonna, who's gonna kill the the cows when you run? Go have me go out there. I don't have cornbread to do that. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna put (laughs) you in charge of killing nothing. I didn't see what happened when you try to kill something. Waste meat, don't he? No, it's an awful nightmare. What? Yeah, he wastes a lot of meat. I didn't waste no meat. Hey, cut half that neck meat up. Well, no, he cut that deer high on the high on the neck. But this sucker right here, I mean, he shoot a deer. He, I took him hunting one time. (laughs) He shot a deer, and he can't see. You don't know that. I, I don't know if you know that about him, but he can't see straight up. 
And so he shot this deer like 80 yards, man, and just hit her, just barely skimmed her across the back enough to disable her. Spine hit her. Yeah, but just barely. Nah, and, it was, and it was that, pretty good. That, that darn deer was flopping around, making the awfulest noise. And we get we got in there amongst that deer, and he's got his rifle, and uh, you you always tell this like you told me not to. I said I ain't shooting up amongst these rocks. Here. Yeah, there's there's rock big rocks all around, and and we couldn't shoot shoot because I was worried that the bullet was gonna ricochet off one of them rocks. So I hand he had a I don't know. Did you have a knife? Probably not. I think I handed him a, a little old short blade, and he had to go over and basically saw that deer's head off to kill yeah, it. Yeah, it was your knife, yeah. Yeah. Because I wasn't too much in the mood that morning to be hunting. People keep asking here, what do you think about the free speech issue in Ireland? Oh, I heard a little bit about that Ireland thing last uh, last night. I think the people of Ireland, at least from, from what I've been seeing, are getting fed up with the woke bull crap. I think people all around the world is getting fed slap up, man. These jokers, these jokers so they basically I heard that the most popular name for boys in 2022 or 3, I guess 2022 in I, I want to say Dublin was Muhammad. So all of Europe has been flooded with immigrants from Muslim countries. And so now they're like this latest thing. Some dude stabbed a bunch of people and he's one of these, I assume was one of these Muslim immigrants. They're propagating a lot of crime all throughout Europe and the people's getting tired of it. They're like, these people ain't even supposed to be here anyways. And they're freaking out here killing us. And and anybody that speaks out about it gets deemed as a racist or a bigot. And they're like, no, man. They're, they're getting to the point that they're fed up with it. They're like, no, screw you, man. I'm not racist. I'm just telling you, these jokers weren't supposed to be here anyways. And they come out here and stab and killed somebody. And based off of what I heard about that story is... This joker came out, stabbed, and killed somebody, and somebody jumped on him and, and took him down and was beating the crap out of him. Well, some bystanders came in and pulled the dude off of the dude that stabbed the people and was beating the crap out of him and protected that dude until the police got there. They should have let that bystander kill that joker, man. If you're going to walk around out here and stab somebody, and somebody if, if, if somebody's... Nuts up and jumps on that joker. Let them freaking beat them to death. Yeah, I think people's getting fed up with that crap, man. Well, is that the free speech issue? I mean, what? I don't see what that has I'm to do I'm just telling you speech. what I heard. Oh, I don't know what that was asking about. Look, they asked a question about Ireland. Chad said, I don't know about that, but I know about this in Here's Ireland. Here's what I heard in Dublin. And that's probably, that's probably pretty close. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> spot on. I get to the root. Yeah, we have to start calling him Groot. Yeah. A lot, if I see it, tech guy. Yeah, I believe that's far as I'm going to take That's what it. I got to say about that. Blake Blake, Blake said in here, he ain't good for these long podcasts, man. I, I remember the exact look in this podcast. It was 17 minutes and 15 seconds ago. He looked at me and he, he <laughs> yawned. I mean, he just he said as 
bigger than Dallas. I'm done. He can't tote it. I'm about to fire him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he don't know it. I just first time I've announced this. I'm about to fire him from that switchboard duty over there. About, hey, look, if you're tired of doing something, just do a bad job at it. There you go. I think life would go off mid episode. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Enough said.